Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You're listening to the PRO Media Network. The next level in entertainment. In the land, man. Welcome aboard, peeps. And on today's sports coma, man, we're gonna be talking to you guys about you know some different topics on podcast three seventy eight. So give yourself a round of applause. That's right. Give yourself a round of applause for joining us today on the sports coma. That's a round of applause for you and yearns as we consistently sit and talk about the Saints. And uh, we are the number one independent podcast in the land covering the black and gold. I'd like to thank you guys for joining us here on the Sports Coma. We are podcasting out through Spreaker and we are attempting to live stream on YouTube as well. We have issues with our live stream right now, family. So. Uh, This is actually a pretty good show that we have for you today. We'll talk about some different news items dealing with the Saints. We'll cover the preseason information, actually training camp news. We'll go over with you with some dates on that and uh, some little little preseason information, if you hadn't already heard. Also, we'll talk about a few other topics and stories that came out. In particular, Bridgewater says his best opportunity from the growers to be here in the Saints with the Saints. And remember, Teddy Bridgewater was a fellow that had an opportunity to head to Miami to play with the Dolphins. He could have really 
went out there, had the starting uh, position, made more money and everything like that. But he just she, he fell in love with the culture down here in the city and decided to ultimately remain here in the city. And who could blame him? I mean, I can't most certainly I cannot blame uh, him in the slightest for making that decision, because a lot of people, they don't understand, man. It's football and it's football. And when you come to New Orleans, it's a whole nother thing. You get encapsulated by the city and the food and the culture of the of the of area. That's what I'm saying. They're under for people, free agency, free agents out there. You're sadly if you're not coming to New Orleans to play football, or basketball, you sadly really underestimating the region. The best food in the world. Beautiful sights down here. Festivals, all kind of stuff is always something going on in this great region down here. And we are comparable to places like Los Angeles or New York with all of their massive and great cultural uh, attractions as well. But we have our ours and it's very unique in its own right and deserves to be up there with those top places. But we'll talk about Teddy Bridgewater in, in more in depth. We also have Akeem Hicks. This is an interesting one from Akeem Hicks. Now, we had Akeem Hicks uh, with the Saints for multiple years. Matter of fact, he was drafted by the Saints in the second round some time ago out of Canada. He was from the University of Regina. Um, yeah, I said Regina. Not the other word. Get your mind out together. <laughs> but uh, Akeem Hicks was drafted. He had some little shimmy shams that happened when he was here. Of course, you had a, a Rob Ryan running around here operating the 3-4 defense. Had Akeem Hicks playing out of position. And, of course, he talks about his unceremoniously march out of here. And I really, that was one of the tragedies of the Sean Payton era, in my opinion, was they did let Hakeem Hicks go. Hakeem Hicks should still be on this team, him and Malcolm Jenkins. Those were two terrible free agent decisions that they made, trying to outsmart each other and ended up screwing up the position because we really didn't bounce back until we got Sheldon Rankins. But imagine if you had Sheldon Rankins and Hakeem Hicks sitting next to each other. How good, how great the Saints would be defensively. You know, so that was a really problem. But before we get into that, um, We're going to talk about that more in depth, and then we're going to talk about surprise starters for the black and gold coming in this year, and that is the sports coma question of the day to you guys. It's who do you think some of the surprise starter is going to be? Who is a surprise starter? I don't care if it's offense, defense, or special teams. Name them out to me. Tell me in the comment section, who do you think will be a surprise starter when the season starts? Who's your surprise starter? And, of course, who's next up to get paid for the Saints? We have Cam Jordan. He got broke off. Mike uh, Thomas right now is working out something going on with him as the Saints are trying to get him together. And then ultimately, who's next? Who's the next? What's the next domino to fall as the Saints continue to try to lock up that course? Very special talent. That's Super Bowl late young people that can kind of help the Saints move forward. That core is what you're trying to build around. We'll cover all that the day on the sports coma. Now, let's get right into it. The first topic uh, up is about the Saints and opening their training camp and all of the dates that involve now. You got about, it's about a month away is when the Saints first come into the camp now. The rookies are, are going to report on July the 18th to the Saints training facility in Metairie. And then the veterans come a week later, July the 25th. Now, the, now, uh, the Saints, it, it's all led up to the preseason with the Saints' first exhibition, which will be... Uh, against the Minnesota Vikings on August the 9th. The regular season starts exactly one month later against the Texans on Monday Night Football. Very interesting. Now, the Saints, who completed minicamp earlier this month, coming off a 12-4 and season and their second straight NFC South division title. Now, they reached. Now, we already know what happened against the Rams in the 26-23 overtime game 
uh, with ultimate happen. But the Saints are a team that's looking to kind of at least bounce back and get some stuff done this year. And with those dates, with the Saints having to report on July 18th, the rookies and then the veterans on July the 25th, that will start what is considered the Saints offseason, really big offseason, into moving things ahead. That's why I'm really excited, to be quite honest with you, too, family, is the fact that this, the football is almost here. It is really almost here. A month, and then the uh, the training camp starts, the big camp starts in a month, in the middle of July, and that's when you really start play, paying attention to some of these players, and I'm pretty sure the Saints are going to bring in some more help uh, as well to other positions, possibly the defensive end, the third, the reserve defensive end position that I've been talking about. I think that deserves some looking at, too. Uh, moving on to the next story, which was the Akeem Hicks story. Let's get into that story. And I think this is a very pivotal story because a lot of people don't understand Hakeem Hicks and how great he was as a Saint. Now, he's a six foot five, 332 pound guy with 35 plus inch arms. Now, he was a, a excellent pickup for the Saints. Um, he did one time committed to LSU, never played there, but he went to the University of Regina in Canada where he was pretty special. And the Saints found this man and they drafted him. And he's and this his quote was, I thought I was going to be a Saint for light. He told uh, the athletic, I'm going to play here for 10 years and they're going to put my name on a banner in the stadium. That's what his thoughts was. And it was a welcome career shift for Hicks, who previously worked in uh, call centers and grocery stores. Could you imagine a guy that big working in a grocery store and call center? <laughs> I mean, good Lord. But. It took an ugly turn for Hicks in New Orleans. He was traded back in 2015, which was proved to be a difficult experience when he described the absolute lowest point of his life. And he'd done everything possibly to be a good teammate and a good asset. So he kind of got bitter toward the Saints. He sought out, he says Hicks sought out the leaders in Saints locker room to show him how to be a professional. Jonathan Vilma was back then. And he said he was puzzled by the positions which the Saints forced on him, which means he's forced him from being a defensive tackle to defensive end. That was absolutely the drunkness of Rob Ryan. Rob Ryan do a lot of stuff right, but Rob Ryan do a lot of shit wrong too. And sometimes you got to call the bullshit out on what it is. And I was lambasting in Rob Ryan and this foolishness that he was doing. Had Hakeem Hicks that he did yield results the first year, but they dramatically fell apart because Rob Ryan's not a disciplined player. And his uh, defense, I mean the discipline coach and it is showed in his defense at first they they looked well and then it slowly deteriorated and fell apart you know breakdowns and all this kind of stuff and it lends to the fact that he was doing a lot of silly stuff he had uh, players like uh, Hakeem Hicks playing at defensive end Hakeem Hicks is not a defensive end he is a defensive tackle he was bestly in the middle of the field I mean the middle of the line but he didn't do that they moved him to defensive end this is around a time when they had Willie, Will Smith, who was a defensive end. They converted him to an outside linebacker. Tell me how stupid and drunk you must have been to do that. Not to mention the fact that guys like when they drafted guys like Hiloi uh, Kakaha, who was a defensive end uh, out of college with 19 sacks, they brought him in and converted him to an outside linebacker. Never played the position before. The man was absolutely drunk and foolish. So, I mean, it was one of those things that you got to look at, man. When you talk about the New Orleans Saints and some of the, the moves that they made. Now, he said, quote, in our defense at the time, they were trying to put him on the edge and be more of a speed rush as opposed to using leverage and hands and power. That re wasn't really his thing. It was frustrating. Like, this is silly. I love when he was he would bull rush. I would say, just do what you do best. We'll figure it out. So it's almost like he, he's saying they were hamstringing him. That's a real interesting perspective from uh, from Hicks. 
real interesting pers- perspective if you think about it. He's basically telling you that they were hamstringing them. You know, that's pretty much what what this is. And it's sad to say, you know, it, to possibly think that that was the case. But you know, you had a lot of foolishness. Like I, I keep going back to that. It's a lot of stupid stuff that was going on during that time. Now he said. Hicks simply didn't fit the job description. He outweighed the other players. The Saints tried out there by a mile. Bobby Richardson was who they benched him for, uh, weighed for 44 pounds less than Hicks. Travaris Barnes was 41 pounds lighter. The team's real speed pass rusher, Kasimi Dibali, who was 79 pounds lighter, and Gawacham, 86 pounds lighter, were dwarfed by him. They were also asked, uh, they were asking a mounting to tip over. I was asked for things I couldn't deliver, Hicks said. When I stepped on the field, the weakness in my game showed, and they showed brightly. It wasn't where I needed to be. My game three, it wasn't clear. I wasn't supposed to be in that position. Frustration grew eventually balled over with Hicks and head coach Peyton arguing on the sidelines. Hicks said that doesn't have uh, doesn't have much ire for the Saints teammates, but he, he's quick to take aim at his former position coach, Bill Johnson. I had a certain amount of resentment towards him because I felt it, I felt like it, if anybody should have my strengths and weaknesses, he should have known. So I was very hurt by the fact that I that I felt there was nobody in my corner who would back me up. Bill Johnson was basically collecting checks for a long time with this team. Bill Johnson was a very overrated defensive line coach, and he was when when he was doing the sports coma during this period of time. I called for the firing of him. I called for the firing of Rob Ryan. I called for the the firing of Bill Johnson and the firing of Joe Vitt. Those three guys, they needed to get off this goddamn team. They've been here for too long, and they were old and used up. That was my mentality. That was my perspective, that they needed to go. We needed fresh talent. In comes Ryan Neeson much later. But you, but this is what he was saying during a period of time, and we were on the show yelling, what the hell is this guy playing defensive end for? You know, what is he playing defensive end for? Now, he says there was some logic in the Saints wanting to get their best players on the field together, but lining Hicks up so badly out of position neutralized him. It was one of the number of missteps the Saints defense made uh, this year, which try, they tried to juggle with two coordinators and Rob Ryan and Dennis Allen. Remember that? That's the kind of foolishness the Saints was doing during that time. They ended the season with a league record 45 touchdown passes allowed. Ryan was shown the door a year later. The staff, the Saints shackled him to Johnson. Vit and various assistants were all jettisoned. That was the perfect fit. Dennis Allen comes in, and he basically, you know, was an advisor over, you know, with, with Rob Ryan. We knew ultimately that's what he was going to do. He was going to walk Rob Ryan out because that's what Rob Ryan does. He goes somewhere the defense is good at first, and then they slowly dwindle to nothing because it sets in at the discipline of the coach. Those defenses are, or you can't expect the defense. Now it, it will mirror what the what the the, the, the coaches are. If you've got an undisciplined team, an undisciplined coach, you'll have an undisciplined team. Like we said in basketball, no McClation, when we're dealing with the, the, the New Orleans Pelicans about Elvin Gentry, they can score 126 points a game but don't have no defense. They allow 127 points a game. What good are you doing running them at, at like this for? And you're not neutralizing the defense. You're not t- teaching balance principles because you're weak in that area. At least get somebody who can counterbalance you. That's a pretending to be we're just going to outrun our mistakes. But this was kind of foolishness that the Saints were dealing with, and I'm glad they finally got over it. But this was a major mistake. Malcolm uh, Jenkins and Hakeem Butler should have been long-term Saints. They should have been long-term Saints. And this guy, he was, he was an absolutely mo- absolute monster. Bill Johnson, to me, was always a garbage coach. 
Let me go on record. I was saying it then, and I'm saying it now. Bill Johnson is old and dried up, so is Joe Vitt. And those guys, I'm glad they got the hell out of here because they were, they were, taking, up, they were taking up space here. They served their purpose, and it was time for them to get the hell out of here. Him and McMahon, all of those guys, I'm glad they're gone. Now, he said that there's no taking back the mistake the Saints made with Hicks, but it was a valuable, painful lesson how important lining up the purpose, purpose uh, plier, persons properly in their proper positions. See, that is something that we were yelling at during the sports coma. We'd have to go back and find that show and play it. But that's what some of the crap that we was yelling about then about Hakeem Hicks being played out of position. Why the hell are you playing this man out of position? He's 330 pounds. He should be pushing the center of the offensive, the center of the defensive line. He should be in the center, center line, causing problems for everybody. What's up, Audit? How you doing, brother? And, 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 but that's the, the whole craziness about what was going on with this whole movement dealing with the Hakeem Hicks situation. So when you look at it, in retrospect, most of those coaches, I'm, and I'm glad they're gone, man. I'm going to just be honest with you. Bill Johnson, Joe Vitt, all those old oh, half-dead-ass coaches, I'm glad they were gone. Rob Ryan, they brought in uh, Dennis Allen. We knew they was going to walk Rob Ryan right out the goddamn door. And that's exactly what they did. And I'm glad they did. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He walk his ass out the door because we, 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 didn't need, uh, we need a competence that great. Okay, the next topic we'll go to now, we're going to talk about the Saints uh, – yeah, you know, dealing with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, for, for those who don't know, Teddy Bridgewater, his whole situation was very unique. The Saints decided, said, you know, they decided, listen, man, what we're going to do here is we're going to bring this guy in here. We're going to bring him in here. We're going to try him out. Um, try him at the position. The Saints knew, and matter of fact, if I go, let me span back a little further. It was a time when Sean Payton was actually considering drafting this man actually drafting them, bringing them into the team, bringing them uh, to, you know, getting them, drafting Teddy Bridgewater the year he came out. He was really sought after. So, but it ultimately didn't happen that way. Minnesota ended up getting them, you know, to be quite honest, Minnesota got him, and we already know, we already know what happened with that, him coming out of Louisville. He was able to, you know, win rookie of the year, took 
before he got hurt deep in the playoffs a couple times. So that was the the player that Teddy Bridgewater is. Ultimately, he had hurt, had he got hurt, microfracture, surgery on his knee, and what it ended up happening to him now is if you you look at him coming back, it took a while for him to come back. He ultimately landed with the Jets. And in the backup capacity, the Saints made a trade for him to bring him here. And ever since then, he's been here. Now, I've said this, and I keep saying this about uh, about the New Orleans market, about our area. And I said it earlier in the show, and I'm going to say it to you again, is that for whatever reason, it's, it's the idea that the New Orleans market or the New Orleans area is not good enough to bring in some of the top free agents in, in uh, football or basketball. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm dispelling that bullshit. Because we have the best food in the world down here. None of them other people can play with us when it comes down to this food. Last time I checked, you got to eat to live, Jack. New York can't play with us with this food. And damn sure I know Los Angeles can't play with us when it comes down to this food. You know, when it comes down to food. Plus, we always have something going on. We got great weather down here. We got beautiful sights going on down here. And we got our problems. Yes, we do, but so do they. Everybody else do. They got their problems. California is a beautiful place. Trust me, I went out there. I seen it. It is gorgeous. But the land shake, the land shake. <laughs> man, I ain't going nowhere for a long time with a land shaking under my feet, man. See, well, kid, you got to go further south, bro. You got to go to San Diego where the land don't shake. Well, guess what, partner? If I want to see some good sights, you got Los Angeles, you got all the other cities. But, you know, no disrespect, man. You know, I, I got love for Cali and New York. They're very, very... Both very nice areas are Miami, all that. But it's this whole thing about freeze and destinations and about where, you know, they, these guys want to go. I mean, what could, look at OKC, what the hell could you do to get somebody to go to Oklahoma to play for the Thunder? Come on. What you going to tell them? You gotta say, what you going to sell them on? Oh, we got the best barbecue sauce. We got the best steaks. I mean, come on. That's what I'm saying about uh, our stuff. Our culture down here rent is is up there with everybody else's stuff, and I damn say damn sure would say some in some aspects it bypasses it. It's superior. But if you look at the decision what I'm talking about with Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not saying that the food or that played a part. I'm saying the culture of the team. Because when you come to New Orleans and they have other players that play for other teams, but when you come exclusively to New Orleans, exclusively to New Orleans, people get caught up in the how the fans love the city of New Orleans, how they love the football. It don't matter if you, whatever political affiliation or genre group that you uh, subscribe to, it don't matter. When we get in that dome, we all family members, and that's why I love uh, the, the Saints and, you know, and, and, and football and basketball like I do because it bridges gaps, man. It bridges gaps. And situations is things that happen between peoples. We for a Sunday or for a time. We put it all aside. We put our black and gold gear or our, or our red and blue gear if you're a Pelican fan on. And for an hour, for three or four hours of that day, we're in the Superdome. We're drinking and we're celebrating together. We're watching football or basketball. And that's a great thing to do, you know, in, in, in what they would call divided times. So I'm like, it ain't nothing but the peep, the fools up at the top trying to divide these people. And all of it, if you break it down, we we basically out we enjoying the same things, man. So that's the great thing about the culture of New Orleans is the fact that a lot of players come here and they get enthralled by the fact that the team have fun, real fun. Guess what? Football is a sport. You're supposed to have fun with it, right? Well, we have fun down here. We have fun, and a lot of people love that culture, and the fans celebrate the success of the team like they was out there catching the touchdowns. Come on. 
That's how we are, and that's that's the great thing about being a Saints fan, man, because for so many years, we had to deal with all kind of triflingness, right? Remember that family? We had to deal with all kind of trifling stuff. We had to deal with the fact that we wasn't winning, but still in all, regardless of we wasn't winning or not, guess what we was doing? Guess what we was doing? We was here representing, you know? We were we, we here representing. So like I said, man, a lot of the stuff that we do uh, as in, in, um, in respect to the organizations that, uh, from a cultural standpoint, it don't surprise me what Teddy Bridgewater is saying about uh, the best opportunity from the group here in New Orleans. Look at all the weapons that the Saints assembled around them. I mean, you got Mike Thomas who's about to get broke off. You got Elvin Kamara back there. You have Latavius Murray who's a pretty good back, really good offensive line. Ted again on the other side, speedster. You got Jared Cook here. You got weapons to play with. This is one of the most complete offenses in the league that you're going to champion. You know, eventually when you're sitting behind a Hall of Fame, almost like an Aaron Rodgers type scenario, almost like an Aaron Rodgers type scenario that is going on with 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 uh, with Teddy Bridgewater, and his thinking was he and his thoughts on it was this is the best opportunity for me to grow as a player, you know and. And as a competitor, you want to be out there starting and competing. But I just sat back and I weighed my options and thought about what was best for me. This is an opportunity for me to grow, continue to learn, and expand my mental capacity as a football player. That's Teddy Bridgewater's wise, wise words because you know why? You're sitting behind a Hall of Fame quarterback named Drew Brees waiting for your opportunity to shine in the sun. You got who's going to be a Hall of Fame coach is Sean Payton because he's breaking records all over the place. His style, his system is, 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 is unbelievable. And he's ultimately, you're, you, you're going to partner with him. And Bridgewater's a super intelligent quarterback already. My only thoughts is, has he really, from a psychological and mental perspective, gotten over that microfracture? That knee, with guys falling around his legs and everything, do you stand in there and throw the ball? You understand what I'm saying? That's the only question I have as far as something like that because many doctors say he wasn't even supposed to be playing anymore. You know, that was it for him. That just shows you how far in leaps and bounds we've come as far as our medical staff is concerned about our medicine has come. You know, you look at some of these injuries. If you span back even five to ten years ago, some of these injuries would have floored some of these guys. It would have ended their careers, you know. Uh, so, I mean, that's the great thing. And I, and, I, and I respect where Teddy Bridgewater is coming from because it's a major, major, major move to pass up all that money in multiple years with Miami to stay with the New Orleans Saints because he sees a great opportunity to grow into a role once Drew Brees decides to step away, when he decides to step away. Okay, family, let's keep moving. Let's go out to our next uh, discussion, which is we're going to talk about um, who's going to get paid next for the Saints. Who's going to get paid next for the Saints? Now, let me just say this right now, family. Right now, we are uh, we live on Spreaker, and we were attempting look like we have a problem with our live stream, so we're going to stop our live stream. It's not working right now, so we're going to do our YouTube live stream again once our podcast ends, so uh, just to let you know. Anyway, let's continue on. Uh, sports Coma question of the day that I want to ask you guys is, who's your, who, give me some surprise starter, a starter or starters, who you think going to su- surprise us and start w- at week one? Who you got? Break it, break it down, throw it in the comment section, let us know at the Sports Coma, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, and if you and, and why I might as well say it right now why I got an opportunity to stop before I go into my final topic is 
Uh, if you haven't already hit the subscribe button, hit the subscribe button. Subscribe to the show on Spreaker. Subscribe to it on YouTube. If you have, if you aren't already a subscriber, hit the notification button to get notified and the thumbs up button to draw more people like like yourself into the conversation so we can have a big old conversation to talk about our black and gold family. Now, moving ahead, the final uh, topic of the discussion we're going to talk about is the next big contract, the next shooter drop for the Saints in terms of who's going to get paid next. Now, of course, we know about Cam Jordan's 70 a $5 million contract, and the fact that Mike Thomas is looking for $22 million, we know about that, and that has yet to be resolved. But a few people are on it. Saints got a bevy of different guys that's looking to get paid. Now, this is the list that um, this is coming from, you know, uh, another story where it's basically laying out, but you got a few guys. Now, he's already locked down Cam Jordan. He's already messing with Mike Thomas, trying to get him done, and they have a number of very – Tough contract, uh, tough decisions to make in the next few years. Now, starters: David Onyemata's on the list, Von Bell, Zach Lyon, Eli Apple, Andrews, Pete, AJ Klein, or a handful of others, and Drew Brees himself, which we had to talk about that on the live stream. So, Mickey Loomis got his 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 job, his hands cut off for him over the next two or three years. I mean, core pieces of the team is coming up uh, that's going to be free agents, approaching free agents, and you want to get this done in the in maybe the last year or two of their deal, so that's something they don't face looking going ahead into the next round. Now, uh, some of the stars, the really big moves, guys, is Elvin Kamara. A lot of people saying that he's the next to go. Now, since he's been in the league, he took the league by storm. It's hard to remember that this man was a third-round pick in 2017. Did, did we forget that? Did we forget that he was a third-round pick, that Elvin Kamara was a third-round pick? Did, did we forget that? That was That is unbelievable. That we got this guy, and he was just a third-round freaking pick. He won offensive uh, rookie of the year. He earned a trip to the Pro Bowl with 19 over 1900 all-purpose yards, 14 touchdowns, second in the league. He proved that he could take on the role as a feature runner in 2018, leading the Saints with 883 yards on the ground, while adding another 709 uh, with 81 receptions and 18 touchdowns, which a franchise record. Kamara, who then was 24, he was 24 years old, one of the most dangerous and versatile offensive weapons in the league. And his contract is up at uh, the conclusion of the 2020 season. Uh, uh, we got to get that done. Another guy, Marshawn Lattimore, taking 11th overall in 2017. He was an instant starter, had five, uh, in a, uh, work, would have five intercept passes, and would lock on to some of the best wide receivers, Julio Jones and the like. The man was a rookie taking these guys on. I, you know, I absolutely love Marcus Lattimore and what he brings to the team. He struggled a bit in 2018 because, you know, come on. You know, he, he has that. But most of the time, this man is he's doing terrific work out there. He's doing terrific work out there and shutting people down. Love this guy. He's next up. Another great player that the team looking at, Ryan Ramchek, 32nd overall pick in 2017. Started from his rookie year, missed just one uh, start in two years after opening the 2017 at left tackle replaced injured Teron Armstead. He moved back to right tackle and after Zach Streif was hurt and he'd been there ever since. Now he was NFL all-rookie team, even had the Pro Bowl, played at a Pro Bowl level ever since and he's considered one of the top young offensive linemen in the league. Devastating run blocker, terrific pass rusher. Ryan Ramchek, 25 years old, absolutely awesome. He's another guy that's on the list. Sheldon Rankins, Picked 12th overall in 2016. Uh, he showed some promise, struggled a bit early on, but ultimately really took on the Pro Bowl for, for the last several years. And he's been absolutely terrific. Now, you can say he benefited by having some really good veterans to be playing behind him, playing next to him, like Nick Fairley, who 
downhill too. That was a pretty good defensive tackle in his own right. So he's 25 years old. He's blossomed to one of the young up-and-coming defenders. He's a guy coming off Achilles uh, surgery. He is a guy that the team is looking at to replace. And then, of course, Larry Warford, Sean Payton, said he had ass and ass. <laughs> Signed him as a free agent addition in 2017. And he's proved to be nothing but spectacular at the right guard spot, right next to Ramchek. Devastating run blocker, played excellent overall replacement over the last couple years. And he's just 28 years old, scheduled to be a 160 free agent in the 2020 season. Then as the Mario Davis, Alex Anzalone, all these guys are coming up. And of course, Teddy Bridgewater got one year left of a $17 million contract. Where are you going to get all this money from, man? But that'll do it for the show today. If you like the show, share the show. Put us on the Saints boards that you like to go to. Share us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Wherever you socialize, bring sports combo with us. Like, thumbs up, hit the notification button, and subscribe if you're not a subscriber. Thank you for listening to the show. Peace. Saints and Pelicans fan, so the only podcast I can get my fix is the Sports Coma with Big Q. The guy's intense, funny, and they always keep it real. Check out the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys. Embrace Pet Insurance is more than just pet insurance. Embrace Pet Insurance promises to provide genuine support and certainty when your pet needs it the most. With personalized accident and illness policies, compassionate customer care, 24-7 access to veterinary professionals, flexible wellness plans, timely claims processing, and online customer portals, their values is what makes them embrace. So when selecting a pet insurance company as a partner in your pet's care, you deserve a company that has your pet's best interests at heart. Get top-rated and reviewed coverage for your pet today. Up to 90% back on bills at any vet, total protection, pet insurance and wellness and dependable claims payments get the top rated and review coverage for your pet today go to embracepetinsurance.com that's embracepetinsurance.com check the link in the description section below are you a boxing fan check out ring kings boxing only on the pro media network sports fans are gearing up and saving big at fanatics.com the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear. From all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Unique one-of-a-kind designs exclusively by Fanatics. And autographed collectibles from today's biggest stars shipped directly to your home. Join Fanatics Rewards for free to earn fan cash on every purchase. Shop now and for a limited time, get 20% off all orders. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Hit the link below and rep the black and gold today. Who that? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.